Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, folks. It is Troy Dooley back here with Real Mentors Radio. Hope you had a phenomenal week. Let me first apologize. We had planned on rolling on Thursday and Friday live from the Association of Network Marketing Professionals annual convention with the show. And as I was packing up, getting equipment and stuff, I just flat out forgot two things. One, I forgot the book in which we're using, the Little Red Book of Wisdom, left it right out of my case. Didn't know it until I got on the plane. But secondly, and more importantly, I flat out forgot in this case the the difference in the time zones and everything else that had already been scheduled. So again, I apologize. You are not going to miss those two shows. I actually changed the dates. We're going live today with them because I believe that each chapter is so important that it's something that cannot be missed. I mean, it's truly, I think so many times in our life we do miss things because we don't settle down and pay attention and I and I have the option obviously as the host of the show that we could we could skip those two chapters go on stay on schedule or go back and do them and that's what we're going to do. So today in the Little Red Book of Wisdom by Mark DeMoss for you that don't know who he is the son of the great Art DeMoss the pioneer and founder of what we call direct response life and health insurance. It's what you see today with Gerber Baby Insurance and all of that. It was Mark's dad, Art, that really did that, and he's the son-in-law of Art Williams, the pioneer of direct selling life insurance. When both Arts got together, uh, it really did fuel the fire for Primerica Financial Services, a publicly traded company today that originated in Art Williams, basically his kitchen table as the A.L. Williams organization. Chapter 13 Wisdom, actually that ain't right. Can you tell that it's been one of those weekends? You know, we were up all night. Here we are, chapter 14. Turtle on a fence post, appreciating how you got where you are. One of the phrases that I hate the most in life is, I'm a self-made man. I'm a self-made woman. I challenge you all. John Maxwell challenged me to this many, many years ago when I changed my thinking. Show me one person that ever walked the face of this earth that was self-made. And for you that, that follow Jesus, I also will add him into that mix. So if you say, well, Jesus did it, Jesus was not a self-made man. There was nothing in Jesus' life he did by himself. So don't even go down that road. It won't work with me. Seriously, keep that thought in mind. Appreciating where you got how you got where you are, and the fact that none of us ever are self-made. Matter of fact, that statement alone, this isn't in Mark's chapter, but that statement alone is an egotistical statement that, that really does borderline narcissism. Because for you just to state, I'm a self-made anything, places you, my opinion... It's my belief. It goes deeper than an opinion. It places you on a pedestal above God, above everyone else. If you're in network marketing and you say, I created a team of 40,000, of 50,000, you're borderline ego. You didn't do that. Matter of fact, you probably had influence just in a few who went out and had influence in a few, who went out and had influence in a few. 
But yet we have this reason that we do this. It happens in every every industry. But listen to this. This came from Susan Day O'Connor, the great Supreme Court Justice. We don't accomplish anything in this world alone, and whatever happens is the result of the whole tapestry of one's life and all the weavings of individual threads from one to another that creates something. It's only through togetherness. Remember the old song, I think it was uh, Michael Jackson, We Are the World. Before that, there was a song in the 60s that that, that came out, and Coca-Cola used it in one of their themes. It's a togetherness. It's a we deal. Mark opens up this chapter. He says, Some years ago, a businessman named Alan Emery drove to Boston's Logan Airport to pick up a pastor from Pittsburgh. By all standards, this pastor was an impressive man, but the person least impressed seemed to be the pastor himself. That really got to Emery, who later said he seemed to see himself as a spectator to what God was doing, not the facilitator of what God was doing. When Emery tried to credit his passenger with at least some of the church's sizable achievements, the pastor shrugged and said, Alan, as a schoolboy, from time to time, we'd see a turtle sitting on a fence. And every time we did, we knew he didn't get there by himself. Now, some of you may be still pondering, what the heck's Troy getting at? I, I'm not one of these guys that can tell you that, you know, I had to walk to school up these gigantic mountains and, and, and down the slopes, and there was 40 million feet of snow and all that. I mean, there were, I, I lived a couple, three blocks from school when I was young, so it would snow. But I do live at the beach, and we live in an area of the Gulf of Mexico where when it's mating season, when it's when it's time to give birth, the turtles crawl up onto the seashore. They dig a hole, and they, they lay their eggs, and they sit there. They're a highly protected species. Businesses and, and houses along the beach can't have gigantic bright lights because the turtles will walk too far away from the shore. It's a, it's a very, I mean, you can look it up. It's it's interesting. But every now and then, there will be a turtle that will walk into the middle of the road. And literally, I have been known to stop traffic on Highway 98, get out of my car, sometimes with rubber gloves, sometimes not, and carefully pick up these turtles. And by the way, that's not one-handed turtles. Literally, these are giant turtles. You use two hands. Move it along the road and get it out of there so that it will be saved. I also have a secondary reason. If you've ever seen a crushed turtle, their shells are like, like a knife and can cut and rip up your tire. So it's, a, it's really a twofold purpose. But I pick the turtle up. I move it. Turtles get moved. They get set on top of fence posts. They don't crawl up there. They can, they're not like the, the, the little lizards we've got down here. See, every turtle on a fence pole was set there. He didn't get there by himself. Emery, several years later, actually wrote a book, A Turtle on a Fence Post. See, when you think about this for a second, when when you're striving for something, when you're working for something, you don't get there by yourself. Emery's whole book, A Turtle on a Fence Post, is focused on on the on the truly 
passionate people that realize it's about a team. It's about getting there. You can't do it by yourself, but yet if you pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you bust your butt and other people see you busting your butt and you ask the right questions and you keep learning and you keep striving and you keep digging, you'll make it. I met over the weekend at the A&MP. I met the COO of Zeke Rewards. We've had an interesting launch to our professional relationship because there's been several times that I've posted about her company, suggesting some concerns that I had. It's a powerful new concept, and I've made it clear to people, this is, a, this is really a, an interesting category creator. It's interesting to see what happens. It's not something that I think everyone can can do, and I don't even know if this will survive. But we've had a very cordial relationship. So I I had the opportunity to spend some quality time with her, and my hat goes off to her because she and her company is someone that know they aren't getting where they're at by themselves. It's been a trial and tribulations. It's been a long 12 years to go from where they're at to what they are today. And individually, we all are like that. See, it's not a get-rich-quick, but it's all of us pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps and working together. See, eternal on a fence post, claiming to be self-perched, is a lie. So anyone that says, I'm a self-made this or that, we all know it's a lie. The question is, do they realize that? That's the biggest concern. Mark Rosani he says, I love sports and I love stories of athletes who've made it to the top with blood, toil, tears, and sweats, still working out after others have showered and gone home to find themselves short-term luxuries for the ultimate goal. Drew Brees of the New Orleans Saints was like this. As the MVP of the Super Bowl in 2010, he led the underdogs. If you remember, 2009 sucked for this team. Their whole stadium devastated by Katrina, by the floods. And he led them out. He led them out. Didn't do it by himself. See, Breeze is a superstar knows he did not get to the top. It took coaches, trainers, scouts, big offensive linemen, sure-handed receivers, and even doctors. I don't know if you've read Drew's book. He's phenomenal. Come Back Stronger is the name of his book. He's a big proponent of network marketing companies, especially AdvoCare, who happens to be one of his sponsors. But he understands that it isn't by yourself. In his book, he wrote, I've always had a strong faith that God has a purpose for all of us. He led me to exactly where I am now. I sat here at the A&MP conference over the weekend. I had a passion and a goal. I believe that our association is, is poised to become something of a benchmark, of a standard. So I'd gone on a rally because I wanted I wanted to see a, a change take place to be able to transform the, the board. I went looking for fresh leadership, people that could come and be there. And one man kept coming to mind, and I called him. And said, would you be interested in running for the presidency's position of the board? 
And he said, wow. And after considerable thought, he said, sure, I will. If you'll run as my VP. And I said, I'd be more than happy to. Now, my agenda wasn't to make VP. That isn't, isn't even what I wanted. I just wanted to, to know that we could somehow get him in as president because I believe in his abilities and his wife's abilities to transform and to help us move forward. He's in touch with some of the greatest people out there. So when the time came for the votes, it was fun to see that Garrett McGrath was nominated as the president of our association. Somebody well-respected both at the corporate level and well-respected in the field. Somebody who will, will put his his heart and soul into to helping to transform this association. Now what was even more exciting was that the former president, Peter Mingle, was elected to be his executive vice president. It wasn't me. And I remember afterwards that Garrett had come up and he said, I'm so sorry, I thought we were going to do this together. And I smiled and said, Garrett, it was was never my agenda to be the executive VP. It would have been great, great little feather in the cap, but the goal was to be able to get you in as president so that we could transform where we're at today to where we want to be next year. See, Garrett understands that he has never risen to the top without all the help of others. He facilitates the growth of a team of over 60,000 people worldwide, has attracted the CEOs of other companies to join his company, to, to merge their company with his. I knew he could do the job. So many times we see things, we see people like Drew Brees and say, oh, look at this man. He, he self-made. He gave it his all, but yet it was his coaches and his mentors. Even someone who, who lately has lost in the reputation business, Tiger Woods, has never gave himself credit for his growth. Matter of fact, his number one hero was his dad, and I believe that when his dad passed away, it left a void in, in Tiger's life because that was the one person that had watched Tiger grow into the man he is today. He'd watched his his son go from waddling and pooping in his diaper to swinging a golf club better than anybody else. He busted his butt with his hand every time he was naughty. He was the one person not impressed by Tiger's ability. And when he was gone, it left a void that Tiger wasn't able to take care of and got his butt in trouble. See, we have to learn to give credit where credit is due, not take the credit of all the people that are leaders at the A&MP, all the people that are actually driving the growth, that set on the board of directors, that, that are the executive branch. I probably make less money than everybody else, but I'm able to have influence to help them achieve more. I'm able to, to help support them worldwide. Part of the reason is money's never been my driving factor. I need enough to pay the bills and keep my family and the lifestyle they've grown accustomed to at the beach. But it's not been the driving force for me. God created me to help put people on the fence post. See, I know my purpose in life 
is to find those turtles and pick them up and help put them on the fence post. Now, they may fall off. Now, this is something to, to remember. There's not a turtle that got to the top of the fence post by But there's a lot of times when those turtles that are at the top of the fence post fall off by themselves. See, that's something to think about. A turtle can't get up there by himself, but he can sure fall off by himself. If you make it to the top in your industry, in your career, in your church, in your fraternity, sorority, whatever, remember, somebody helped you get there, but you can knock yourself off faster than they put you up there. See, that's interesting. goes back to Tiger's reckless personal behavior lately. He lost his wife because he started messing around. And, and, and ladies, please don't be offended. But I honestly believe Tiger thought it was probably okay. In today's society, he thought, well, if I don't get in a long-term relationship, if I'm only going after porn stars and strippers and, and prostitutes, I mean, you know, I'll just pay them a little bit of money and they'll go away and I'll never get caught. It's it's not it's not personal. I mean, I I don't want to lose my wife. I really love my wife, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go out here and dilly dally a little bit. It's okay. I mean, it's legal in in Nevada, and and what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, and well, unless it goes on Facebook or YouTube, but it's okay. See, society's become skewed in in some moral issues and some ethical issues, and Tiger toppled off the fence post. You men need to listen up because Tiger's screwing around has cost him his professional career lately. It's been several years since he's dominated the top of the charts, lost some endorsements. That's not a good thing. Or what about Lance Armstrong? Here's a man that you don't hear say, I am self-made, I am number one but yet has has won the Tour de France seven times. And I say he because at the end of the race, even though you have a team that you're working with, that you train with, that helps you go, for some reason, only one person gets the yellow jacket. But yet, Jose Avarda, Manuel Beltran, some name I can't pronounce, George Hikampi, Benjamin Noid, Floyd Lances, Pavel Pardronos, Jose Roberta. Eight guys helped him get there. That's interesting. How many people in your life helped you get where you are today? I stood in a room and was able to thank men like Rod Cook, Dr. Keith Lagos, Lynn Clements, for helping me to create the influence that we're able to share worldwide about the direct selling association, I mean the direct selling industry, network marketing specifically. You know, the interesting thing about these three men are they are so good at everything they do, but yet they have three different personalities. They see things from three different views. They very seldom agree with each other on all issues. They are friendly, but they aren't friends. And yet I'm able to count each of them as my friend. 
<clears throat> Rod Cook helped me early on teach me things. Dr. Lagos has provided me with some of the best education as a as a professor. He's written the only book on direct selling that's used at a college level as a as a text course piece. Amazing. Lynn Clement is the most advanced logical individual I've ever met and he's helped me to logically break through using critical thinking on things. Sometimes we're the influencers that are there. We're not meant to be the men or women at the top of the fence post. We're to be there to hold that person up. You know, many times I come alongside and and, and to I used to do it for free. Today this is part of my services to people. But I get to come alongside to make sure they don't topple off the fence post. They hire me because they want somebody there that isn't impressed with them. That isn't part of their inner mastermind circle to have to agree because my money isn't made from what they say or do. It's made by helping them be a better person. So if they start to topple off the fence post, I'm there to help push them back up and say you're getting off center. That's an interesting, see, so many times we hear in business especially about how to be number one, be number one, be number one. Very seldom do we hear somebody talk on or train on or coach on what it means to be number two. The man that has helped me understand how to be number two better than anybody else is a man named Bo Adams. Bo Adams was the creative mastermind behind the the compensation structure created at A.L. Williams back in the 1970s, 1980s. He was the mastermind that helped Art take it to the next level. Because of his failures, a few years before he met Art, there were certain things that he was no longer capable of because he pled guilty to some felony charges. He couldn't own the company. He couldn't own stock in the company. He couldn't be an officer in the company, but he could be a paid consultant. But he was Art's partner through it all. And when A.O. Williams was sold to Citigroup back in 1989-1990, Bo Adams became one of the richest men in the world. To my knowledge, today, if, if things haven't changed, he's one of the top five largest landholders in America. Started buying up land in Arkansas in order to make a home for children who didn't have parents. Most people in the field never knew he existed, only the people at the top. Bo Adams was number two to help keep art centered and keep him focused, and because of his own mistakes... To be able to share, we don't want to do that, Art. We could get in trouble. We don't want to do that, Art. Don't listen to them. You need to listen to what I'm telling you. This is the way we need to we need to keep this thing focused. See, that's the key. That's what I love. Because we get to kick this thing up. We get to make it happen. See, sometimes to the to the casual observer, guys like like Art Williams and Lance Armstrong and all these, they just do it easy. They get all this money. They make 
400000 a million dollars. Art Williams is, is a billionaire. He's one of the richest people in the world and started out just as a little high school coach in southern Georgia. It's interesting. Mark DeMoss, one of my heroes, is a guy that helps people get up at the fence post. If you look at his logo, his name, DeMoss, is with a little D. Why the word group is with a capital G. Because although he he started his career out as just a solo practitioner, he now has an organization around him that helps keep him at the top, keeps him centered, are not afraid to say, I don't like that. See, each of us have somebody in our life that has helped us get to the position that we're at today. David, King David in the Bible, God anointed him and said, you will be the next king. David's a teenage kid with a lot of ego. He, I mean, this dude, I mean, you read the stories in the Bible, he was... He was killing lions and tigers and, and using his hands and clubs. I mean, he's a stud. The women would sing songs about him. All of them wanted to sire his children. They thought he was hot. King Saul eventually became so jealous of him, he tried to kill him. But here's what the Bible says. When God promised David that his name would be great like the names of the greatest men on the earth, he said this. Who am I, sovereign Lord, and what is my family that you have brought this that you have brought me this far? There is no one like you, there is no God but you. Do you do as you promise so that your name will be forever great? Then people will say, The Lord Almighty is God over Israel. David was pretty humble. He got out of whack, got off centered. Believed his own rhetoric sometimes, just like all of us. So if you're at that position today where you think you're a baby God, or you're at this position where you're giving somebody else that functional savior position, I challenge you. Go find someone that will tell you the truth about who and what you really are so that you can continue to influence the ones that you need to be influencing, and you can still fulfill the purpose that you have been created for. There are no degrees of integrity. You either have it or you don't. I love credibility. I love integrity. I love studying those. It's going to be fun. Live life like it's an epic adventure. I'll see you at the top. Be back here tomorrow morning on RealMentorsRadio.com.